Okay, welcome. This is uh, Luke with uh, LukeHumphreyRunning.com, and uh, we're going to hit you with some uh, some new writing, some new blog and podcast stuff today. Uh, before I get going, though, uh, as of real, actually as of yesterday, uh, we have a, a new partnership for people who are in the Run Club or the Run Club Light memberships. We have a, a great new. Um, Friendship with thefeed.com, just how it sounds, thefeed, F-E-E-D.com. And uh, I'd heard of these guys, but I'd never actually checked out their website. And uh, I guess I would best describe it as maybe like a an Amazon for endurance sports, uh, especially when it comes to nutrition and things like that. But they had everything from, you know, like Honey Stinger waffles to Normatec boots uh, and everything in between, not too much with uh, apparel and stuff like that, but really anything, any kind of device or I would say the, a lot of it's nutrition though. Um, they have a ton of stuff and it's the beauty of it is you can just order singles of stuff too, right? So if you've never tried something before and you want to try it, but you don't necessarily want to buy a whole box, you can do so. But, uh, they approached us and, uh, they have a nice little, nice little deal going. So if you are in the run club or run club light, you'll become part of this uh, and you would just have to sign up through a link we give you, but it would essentially give you $80 worth of free credit every year. So I think it works out to $20 every quarter and uh, you can spend that on whatever your heart desires. But um, so at 80 bucks a year, that's basically, you know, $30 uh, of save. You'd basically make $30 off of us because it's $50 a year to sign up for the the Run Club Light, but uh, it's a heck of a deal, and it's on stuff you're probably buying anyway, or um, can open you up to a, a lot of different stuff that you might not even have known existed, which was my case. There was a lot of stuff on there, nutrition-wise, that I didn't even know was really out there. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So if you want to check out the Run Club and the Run Club Light, just head on over to LukeHumphreyRunning.com, and uh, you can follow the coaching tabs and and get there to see some of the uh, the other perks. But this is pretty new, actually very new as of yesterday. Um, we kind of finalized that, so we're still kind of getting some stuff up on our website. But uh, but yeah, that is an option for you now. So, all right, so moving on from there, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit. So if you're in my Facebook group at all, or in the Lou Comfrey Running community, uh, I told you that I've been reading I've been reading Matt Fitzgerald's 80-20 Running and then also Jim Vance's book on Running with Power, I believe it is called. Still working my way through it, but there's some, there's some interesting stuff. And I, 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 uh, I will admit I probably gave uh, Jim Vance a little bit of uh, a hard time, not personally or anything like that. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I have a long way to go with taking power as my primary running metric and and uh i read i'm reading matt fitzgerald's book because 80 20 i would say is pretty close in philosophy in terms of uh hansen's marathon method right so it's it's essentially you know the majority of your easy runs are are your weekly volume and uh, only 20 percent of your weekly volume is really anything in, uh, of intensity so i would say we're pretty close there as well but i know matt does a lot with with heart rate and so I wanted to just dive into those things a little bit more and then uh, and then it's like you know you start reading something then everything you see is 
is on whatever you're reading about, right? So right now I'm seeing a lot of different stuff on, on heart rate. And, and, you know, and if you followed me for any type of length and you followed my blogs and I get a hard time in the Facebook group and I get a hard time with uh, people who are, are uh, skeptical of, of HMM in general about my, uh, my view on heart rate. And, uh, and that's fine. It just, um, uh, it is what it is, I guess. But you know that I, I, I won't prescribe. I'm not going to be prescribing workouts by, you know, heart heart rate anytime soon. And I'm going to dive more into that uh, at another time because that's a whole other discussion. But, you know, that's not to say that I don't think using heart rate has no value. And I I just didn't really know how to put my finger on it. And so, you know, reading reading this other stuff has kind of helped me put my, my finger on what exactly – um, heart rate would serve with, uh, with us, with, with how we approach things and how, you know, most people who know us know we're primarily pace, right? We, we, we do a lot of things by, by pace. Um, and so I just, I'm going to stick with that. That's what I know. Right. But I I don't want to be, uh, one of those people who are refused to look at what the other aspects are and why they're, and why people are using it. Um, and, and to say that it has no value would be would be wrong of me. So I wanted to just, you know, be more educated on it, even though I feel like I, I, it doesn't change my overall look, but it changes how I would approach things with with people in general. So with that case, you know, so I just don't think heart rate is necessarily the best indicator of intensity uh, for workouts per se. So I just feel like you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into heart rate. You know, we talk about them all the time, dehydration, caffeine, blah, 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 stress, and all that good stuff. And that's not to say it doesn't affect pace too, but, you know, I'll get into that in, into a second. But uh, this is one thing Jim Vance wrote in his book that, that I that I 100% agree with. A heart rate is like looking in the rearview mirror. So, so it's more reflective of what you've already done and not where you are in the moment. And so... I 100% agree with that. But I also know that the people who do use heart rate are going to say, well, uh, Luke, you can say the same thing about pace. It's more about where you were and that, you know, and I would say you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I still like pace better. And here's why. So first, you're going to run a race. What are you trying to do, right? You're, you're trying to run a certain time or a certain pace. You aren't trying to run a race under with a heart rate under 150 beats per minute, right? And so don't get heated when I say that, because I know people are going to take that the wrong way. I'm really not trying to be facetious here. My point is that during the race, you're going to move, you're going to be more worried about what your pace is than if you were trying to monitor by heart rate. Like you're not, you know, say you run a marathon, right? And so you have a thing called cardiac drift. So just the further you go, your heart rate is just going to naturally drift up. It's a natural phenomenon. It doesn't mean you're running harder. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just you know, it's, it's just drifting higher. And so if you add it, have to be at a certain beats per minute and you're monitoring that, but the cardiac drifts, like it doesn't, it's not showing you a true value of your intensity, right? Where pace, like if you're trying to run that same marathon, you're trying to run a Boston qualifier, it doesn't matter what your heart rate is. You've got to try to run a certain pace, right? And so that's what you're more concerned about on, on race day. And so that, that's my whole point is like if you've got to be comfortable with knowing how that pace is, being able to monitor your effort and know based on the pace and how you feel and your heart rate and all these things, whether or not the pace is going to be working out, right? And that's, that's my whole point. So instead of monitoring 
heart rate, which is only going to tell you what your heart rate is, monitor the pace to know if you're on what you want to be able to do, right? All right. Um, I'm losing my train of thought here. So, uh, so what I want my athletes to do is use pace, but also learn how to use these things like heart rate, RPE, rating, you know, rating of perceived exertion, to look in the rearview mirror during training. That way, you can have the data to measure if they're gaining fitnesses, which is truly what you're trying to do with heart rate and power, uh, RPE. You know, you want these things to improve over time, and you do want the same thing for pace too, but these other variables like pit power and heart rate and, and RP and things like that, those are going to be measurements of it, whether or not you're gaining fitness. And, and so that's, that's where I want to incorporate those things, but not necessarily measure my workout right then. Like it's more to me, I want to judge my workouts on pace, but then go back afterwards and monitor what my heart rate did, what my power did and all that stuff. And then I can make adjustments from there. So that's where I, that's really where I'm, where I'm coming from on that. Uh, so that way they can have data to measure if they're gaining fitness, but they can also associate efforts and that data to different paces, right? That's the big thing is associating efforts and the data to different paces. So if you know how these things should look and how these things should feel at, at, at different paces, you can use that pace a lot better to monitor your workouts, all right? So you can still use that pace as your workout variable, but it's also giving you a decent guide on intensity because you know how those certain things should feel. So I guess my point is this, is that I'm not just about pace, or it's not just about pace, it's not just about heart rate, it's about how can I use these variables in a practical manner and not just have a bunch of data, because that's what I see a lot, especially with runners. Like, I know triathletes and cyclists, they love that data, they love looking over that stuff a lot of times, where runners, I feel like, are more, you know, I just want to run, and I don't want to have to be monitoring a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, or at least that's the people I work with for the most part. You know, some of the people I work with do love the numbers, um, but again, I feel like it's more looking back at things, how something went, and then how I can interpret that data and put it moving forward. Not necessarily, I'm looking at my watch and my heart rate's at 150, I better speed up or slow down, right? Um, so, and then the second thing there is that the faster you run, the less your heart rate is going to have accuracy. So if you're and if you're using a wrist-based heart rate, you might as well forget about it, right? As of right now, the technology right now, it, it's, it, it works, but the faster you run, the less accurate you are. It's just not going to, it's not going to be the same. So, so what it means for hard workouts and like SOS style workouts is pace, pace is where I feel you need to be because the heart rate isn't going to be an accurate measurement of where you're at and not even really an accurate measurement of where you were. Um, Chest straps are more accurate for, for sure. Um, but I just feel like the harder you run, the less you need to rely on that heart rate because we know it's going to be high. Uh, and so we're using, where I do see using heart rate as a guide for your run is easy days, especially if you have a tendency to run too hard on easy days. And that can keep you in check, right? And if that's the one thing I would say absolutely because what's the one thing I'm always harping on people on is slow down on your easy days so that you you can recover enough for your workouts because if you got a long run on Sunday and you get after a little bit and you run too hard on your easy day on Monday you slow that recovery that would have helped you out more on Tuesday and then you've got another workout on Thursday so you can see how that cycle repeats itself all the time and if you're running too hard on the easy days 
eventually you're going to get to a point where you're not recovering enough for the for the workouts and the workouts are going to start to suffer and so that's where i do see heart rate uh, as as a guide on my actual run to be to be beneficial but before i move on this and this isn't really even a part of what i want to talk about today i just feel like i was needed to be a precursor to what i was going to talk about and so well, um, before we do get to that point, I want to just—I really want to just drive home the, the idea that it's not pace it's not versus heart rate, or it's not even pace versus heart rate versus power. It's about using that data that's the most practical to our situation. And to me, if you're planning on racing at a certain pace, which the vast majority of my athletes are, whether it's trying to break four hours or trying to break five hours or trying to qualify for Boston or, you know, run a PR, it's all centered around running a certain time which is a certain pace for a set distance, right? And so that's where I feel like the more comfortable you are with that, the easier it's going to be to monitor that on race day. And especially, you know, and granted, I will, I will say this too, is that because people will say, well, I, I, how do I know how I feel? And you can do that with any variable that you're using. If you're solely relying on what the numbers are telling you and you're not incorporating that with how you're feeling, and you don't put certain efforts and certain numbers to what you should be at for a certain pace, then it's all for nothing, right? Because you have to, if you know you want to run a certain pace, but we've really neglected associating feelings to what that pace is, and we still just go after it on race day, and we, and if we were paying attention, we'd know that it's just too aggressive, then it's going to be a disastrous situation. Whereas if we can learn how to use that data but associate it with the internal stuff inside us, then we can be much more successful. But that's it's got to be that marriage between what's the numbers telling us but what, what is our body telling us to. And that's where I think people get lost sometimes is they just rely solely on the numbers and not on what the internal measurements are telling you as well. Okay? All right. Oh, let's see if I had anything else to add to that. Uh, yeah, just, you know, basically what I've, I've said there. So pre- what what... Given all that, what would I say are practical heart rate measurements? And some of this I've taken from, I've read some blogs and I've read just from uh, Jim Vance's book, which I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. At first, I kind of started off where I was kind of like, yeah, he's saying a lot of stuff, but he's not really saying anything different than I would say for Pace. But he's giving some good arguments. But to be, and to be fair, very, very fair to him is that he doesn't come out. And, none, none, nowhere in the book that I've, that I've read has it said that um, solely rely on power. Everything I'm reading is saying, okay, if you use pace, here's what you should be looking at. Here's how power can be incorporated into that. If you already use power, here's how pace can be incorporated. So I get the feeling when I get, when I get it, not even attacked, attacked is a strong word, but when people try to call me out on, you, oh, you don't, you don't wanna use power, it comes across as like power's better than pace and where the actual source of where they're getting their information, he nowhere and said nowhere in there says that one's better than the other. In fact, everything I've read is basically how you can utilize all of these together, right? How you can put all this data together and take data from power and the data from the pace and give it something that's, that's actually usable. Right. And so that's, that's what I've actually really enjoyed about, about the book. All right, so moving on, I won't get off that soapbox here. Uh, first thing that you can use heart rate for is resting heart rate. As the, uh, I don't know, what, I don't know, I just went by ambulance. All right, uh, establishing a resting heart rate for a couple weeks 
when your training is light. That's big. Um, if you just ran a marathon, I'd give yourself a good week or so, then maybe start recording it. Um, I sent out a feeler on, on, uh, in my community yesterday, and some people wear the, the, the ring, which I've been pretty interested in. Uh, and then I wear my watch all the time. I am sleeping my watch. So I get all my sleep data from there, but you know, people have sleep trackers, this and that. It's, it's pretty easy to get your resting heart rate now to get a good accurate number on the resting heart rate. But anyway, it's probably not the best to do during the middle of a segment when you're already training hard. It's, it's something I would establish a baseline when your training is light. And then, um, and then, yeah, just, uh, that a lot of times that data will sync, like mine will sync into my Garmin connect, which I could then sync into final surge or put that information into final surge and that's another area i should probably talk to with my athletes is make a video or something showing them how to actually put that stuff in because as i'll show you in the next one a lot of times people will sync their running data in their log but that's only a fraction of what i could actually use right and so that's always a challenge with athletes is getting them to put that data in there and then put their comments and give me some of their feedback on how things felt and things like that. And I'll get into that in a second. But uh, um, going back to the resting heart rate, with training, ideally, you'll see a fairly steady resting heart rate. This should be recorded when you first get up in the morning. Um, and like I said, with the technology now, it's pretty easy. You don't even have to really notice it. You can just go back and look at that data. Um, tracker will more than likely recognize, like I just said. Sustained increases mean that something is going on. And we know when we're training hard, especially in the marathon, we get that cumulative fatigue effect. I would suspect you see somewhat of a rise in uh, a resting heart rate, but in a substantial rise is really what we're looking at. And um, it could mean illness, uh, definitely could mean that that's coming on. If not, it typically means that sleep is disrupted um, or it's just not there. You're just not getting enough sleep to support what you're trying to do. Uh, or you aren't recovering well enough, and that's just the day-to-day. -day. Like, it might be as simple as you're not getting your snack, you're not getting your nutrition in right after a hard workout, or you're skipping breakfast, or you're skipping breakfast and lunch, or you're dehydrated, or whatever the case is. A lot of that stuff can go into your, but it just shows us that something's off, but then you kind of have that checklist that you can go through and say, okay, this looks good, this looks good, okay, I'm struggling with this, that looks good, and eh, it could probably be better on this, right? And then you can fix those things. Ideally, and we know that training hard is going to bring that up a little bit, but if we can fix those variables, <laughs> that's going to bring, bring that back down again. Um, yeah, so like I said, recovery can mean poor nutrition habits, poor sleep hygiene, all the way to just not having enough recovery between workouts. And that's something I see a lot if people are just following the book, the book plans. Um, you know, they, they're doing the Tuesday workout, jumping right back and getting another workout on Thursday. Like I, I, and I've said this time and time again, sometimes people just need to spread Tuesday and Thursday to uh, Tuesday and Friday or something like that where they can get a one more full day of recovery before they jump into another hard workout, especially if you're not used to that mileage, you're not used to that uh, volume of workouts, all those types of things that spreading that out can help out. All right, moving on from there, the second thing would be using heart rate in combination with pace and RPE. And this is why uh, coaches, like I just talked about, stress that athletes take a few minutes every day, fill out their training logs, um, either on Final Surge, you have the Final Surge app, so if you're cruising Strava, you're cruising Instagram, whatever you're cruising through, you can take a couple minutes and fill out your log on the Final Surge app as well. And there's so many good, easy tools on there that you can use, but the biggest thing I just have to say is that having the raw data is great, 
And I think a lot of times people people do that because it's easy. You sync your Garmin, you sync your watch, whatever, and you don't have to do anything. It's already synced to your Strava, so that means already sync, syncing to your your final surge account. And they're like, okay, that's good. And then, but it is okay, and but it's not a complete picture. And, and an example of this is here. We here is here. A runner go let's say a runner goes out on a normal tempo run. It's the same route, same pace, same pace. Weather's pretty much similar. Everything's pretty similar, but the heart rate was lower. You know, if that's all I had to go by, then I'd say like, okay, that that looks like it's a pretty good run. Maybe fitness is improving. Things are coming around. Looks good. Let's keep hammering. You know, but let's say we do a follow up a few days later, and it's like you find out, well, you know, that run was a little harder than it usually is. My legs felt pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, you know that. It, so now all of a sudden it was like, oh, we thought this went great, right? We thought you, you know, hit the paces and it was a lot less effort, and find out it was really more effort, right? And you didn't feel that great. Um, so what we originally thought was a sign of heading in the right direction might now look like eh, maybe we're taking a step back, and now we need to look at what is going on. So that is huge with that. And now we'll go back to the final surges. You can put how good you felt, on, you know, an RP scale of one to ten or zero to ten, and then you can you know, feel like the effort was easy or moderate or whatever. And just those two simple things right there gives me a lot better insight into what's actually going on in the run. So if you run a tempo run and then you say, well, it was, you know, it was a four or five on a 10, which probably about what it should be. And you say it felt great. Then I would say that, you know, solid run. But if you put on there, you know, it was, a, it was like a seven uh, and it just felt hard. Then like, that's, more than what we should be at for a tempo run. Let's let's dig into this a little bit. Why why it was like this? And a lot of times it's something simple, but it could be something. This is start that could be potentially harmful long term as well. But bottom line is, it gives us a look. Hey, maybe we'll, let's take a look at what's actually going on here. All right. The third thing is the efficiency ratio, and this one's a little bit more in, you know, involved, um, and we'll have some math to look through. But uh, I think it's uh, I, I I like this one. Um, I just came across this again. This is like a more of a, it has its origins in like the cycling and triathlon world, but uh, um, maybe more cycling than, than anything. But I think it's, it's, it's an easy thing to look at once you get it down, but this is a measure of aerobic development and it really looks at an output measurement, which is pace in our case. And it compares it to an internal measurement, which is heart rate. And so what we're looking for is to take our normalized graded speed and divide that by our average heart rate for a given run. And so uh, this does take a little bit of work on a run because normal, uh, normalized graded speed, if you don't know what that is, it's, uh, well, most people would say pace, normalized graded pace, which would be, regardless, normalized means it's, it's adjusted for the terrain, right? So if you're running a hilly route, it adjusts for that. Um, and then, you know, pace and speed are a little bit different. So we have to basically calculate from pace to speed. Um, we, what we have to do is find that normalized graded pace first. And so if you're a, a subscriber, it used to be free, of course, like everything. Um, it used to be free on Strava. They, they called it the gap, the graded uh, adjusted pace. Uh, and so now I think it's behind their subscription paywall, but uh, that would be one. Uh, I did look through the Garmin IQ store and they had an add-on for uh, gap data point, which would just give you your um, pace per mile. 
Uh, if you do own a foot pod, that does give you a lot more data. So whether it's a stride foot pod or a Garmin foot pod, I believe that stuff gives you um, more. And so I've actually linked to a DC Rainmaker article that goes through a bunch of different foot pods if you if you are so inclined and interested in that stuff. But needless to say, you have to get your GAP or your NGP, so your graded average pace or normalized graded pace, we can calculate the speed. So the formula for if uh, the efficiency factor is which we're, what we're efficiency yeah efficiency factor what we're trying to calculate is the normalized graded speed divided by average heart rate. So if our NGP our pace is not speed, if our pace is eight minutes a mile, uh, then we need to find out what our net, uh, normalized graded speed is. So we would take um, sixty, you know, sixty seconds in a minute, or sixty minutes in an hour. Um, I think we're looking for minutes at this point, though. So six, 60s are constant, divided by 8, which is what our normalized graded pace. So for you, it might be 9, it might be 730, whatever the case is. But it's 60 divided by that minutes per mile, G, uh, NG, uh, NGP. And so that gives, in this case, it gives us an NGS, a speed of 7.5 miles per hour. And then, then we need to calculate that to yards per minute, which would be, 1,760 yards divided by our, our, our speed, in this case, seven and a half. And then we would divide that by 60. And now we're, getting, we're going from hours to minutes here. So in this case, it gives us a uh, yards per minute of 220 yards per minute. And then if we had an average heart rate of 150, you know, so you just look at what your heart rate data was on the, for the run. And so now to get our EF, our efficiency factor, it would be, 220, which is our yards per minute, divided by our average heart rate, which was 150 in this case, it gives us a ratio of 1.467. And you're saying, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean a whole lot in by itself, but what you do is you compare it to similar runs over the course of a training segment. So, you know, and the nice thing is if you're doing HMM from the books, then you know you're doing a lot of you know you're doing a lot of five mile tempos and a lot of eight mile tempos and a lot of ten mile tempos. So you have pretty constant variables that you can that you can test against, right? Um, but some people you could even do this in a workout. You can compare the EF the first half of your workout to the EF of your second half of your workout. See what's better. And so what essentially what they're looking for is a, a coupling or a decoupling uh, of those numbers from the. Uh, uh, NGP to the average heart rate. So if you have a big spike in heart rate or your speed slows way down or whatever the case is, you're looking for that ratio to split from each other. And that's why you'd measure, you know, like the first half to the second half or you measure the same thing over the time. Because if you're running the same pace, but all of a sudden your heart rate's a lot higher, that changes the ratio, right? And so what you're looking at is anything over a 5% difference. Uh, and this can be, if it's within 5%, it's considered coupled and then it's, you're good to go. So if one week you did it, the next week did it, you had a difference of 1%, you're fine, you're right in that, you're right in that golden ratio. But if you did it one, you did that run one week and then you did it a month later and all of a sudden you had a 5% increase in the ratio, well, why was that, right? Is it because of your heart rate or is it because you slowed down or you sped up or whatever the case is, right? Um, but anyway, if it's greater than 5%, that means we have an issue. And it could mean one or more of the following. It could mean you're not fit enough to handle the work the workout. So we need to work on just our overall fitness first. We need to ease into that a little bit, um, which might be the case in the early part of a segment. You might see that. Uh, the second thing would be could be dehydration because we know dehydration greatly affects your heart rate. And so that if your average heart rate is increased, 
then we know that that possibility could come from being dehydrated, not recovered, which we've talked about, not enough sleep, which we've talked about, and then obviously even stress, which we could be from running or it could be from outside of running, but um, stress is a big factor in that too because stress can increase our heart rate considerably. Um, so yeah, so those are the things, and it could be a combination of those things as well. Um, but like I said, if you follow the Hanson Marathon Method plans, then, then this is a metric that you could easily check you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, because um, you're gonna have a lot of the same runs. And I know we're all creatures of habit. A lot of times we're running the same course on a lot of those, on a lot of those runs. But, uh, but those are essentially the three things where I really see use of heart rate and tracking your heart rate and utilizing your heart rate in training. And so I think those are pretty insightful. And I think overall, those are pretty easy to measure. Even the GAP, if you can get a Garmin app, and I don't know with other like Coros or, or um, Polar or whatever else is out there, Sunto, I'm sure they have similar things that you can that you can get, um, and then um, it's pretty easy to get heart rate and stuff like that now too. With just all the new technology and all the newer watches and stuff, have just gone and gravitated that way to making those things more accessible. So what was not accessible a few years ago is certainly definitely more now. Um, so just to you know to wrap it up, we're not, you know we're not using any one of these I'm not using paces I'm using pace more as my guide into run and then I'm using things like uh, heart rate and RPE right now in terms of you know looking back at a run and seeing how those runs compare to other other runs that we've done and monitoring our progress with with training or if our training is too much uh, and so those are great insights but I think that's the key there is like you can't be solely one thing or the other. You've got to really kind of see how those things can work together. And then also, I'm just a big believer, and I guess it, maybe it's just because I've been running since before a lot of this even existed. And, um, you know, like when I first started running, it was, your option was, you know, a Timex from, from uh, you know, the department store or no watch, you know. And then when I, you know, and then, you know, when I first got to Hanson's, like, I remember the stores just got the first Garmin forerunners and it was i mean it was like one of those calculators strapped to your wrist it was a giant you know and then now it's you know i have a garmin phoenix 6 pro and i can't even use all the features that are on it you know the reason i got it is because they had the golf the golf feature on there and i wanted to <laughs> i didn't want to buy two watches but half of the running stuff i don't use um but you have so much more data on there it makes it easier to use but my point with that is like it's easy to get overload with data too. And then if you're looking at everything, then nothing seems of value and it's easy to get overwhelmed. So I wanna really kind of make it, what is practical for us to be monitoring, what's practical for us to be using. And that's like, I'll just go back to that Jim Vance book because I'm further along in that one. There's a lot of stuff, like, you know, the, the normal graded pa normalized graded pacing, uh, efficiency ratios, all this stuff that now is like, okay, it's not as simple as just getting a power meter and using it. It's okay. What, how am I going to use it? And that's where I think, um, in terms of practicality and where I come from a coaching standpoint in terms of just, okay, having this data is good, but how am I going to use it? How, how is the average person that I coach going to use this data and actually get something out of it? And so that's where I'm coming from with a lot of stuff that I write about and, and discuss. So, 
So in any case, those are the three things that I feel like are a very good value if you are looking at other things besides pace. And if you're, you know, and I think this goes into it too, like, you know, people talk about, well, how do I know if I'm ready or how do I know if it's cumulative fatigue versus overtraining? Well, this stuff can help. This, knowing this stuff and knowing how to use it is a very big help in guiding you on that, on that uh, path. And you can, you know, if you see big changes in these stuff, then you know that, you know, you are potentially getting into the, the danger zone of going over cumulative fatigue and into flat out overtraining. And then this gives you how to take that data, put it in a practical manner, and then adjust your training accordingly. Or giving it to your coach and letting your coach adjust your training accordingly. So, all right. So that's it for now. Don't torch me on the heart rate stuff. I, uh, I am fully aware, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, and you, know, you come across as a certain point, but uh, I think that uh, hopefully people can see where I'm coming from on that though, a little bit more. So I think that uh, obviously you're gonna have people who just go by heart rate and I think it's fine, but I think um, this gives us uh, some good stuff to go from. All right, so I'll stop rambling. Have a great week and weekend, and I will uh, I will talk to you all later. All right, see ya.